What's up? This is Mike Fenoya from Amigos, and Amigos Podcast is in the loop, the legion of Osiris Podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with podcasts and live experiences about artists and topics you love. Check out OsirisPod.com and stay in the loop. Sign up for the newsletter to learn about the newest podcasts and events. Relics Magazine is a media partner of Osiris. For music news, go to Relics.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Amigos. This is your host, Mike Fenoya. Hope everybody's doing well. Uh, had a great chat with uh, Brando, one of the co-founders of cashortrade.org. Um, I've always been dying to have a, a talk with him ever since uh, Curveball kind of threw us a, a knuckleball, and, and I was always wondering, like, how did they have to deal with all the issues and refunds and returns? And we uh, ended up having a fantastic chat about um, the advent of Cash or Trade, the background, um, you know, how it rose from kind of an idea between two brothers into, you know, one of the most integral parts of uh, the digital aspect of our scene. And um, it was really cool to chat with him. He was up in Burlington um, and we found out that him and I share a similar love for one particular fish show, the, the one that got me on the bus and uh, really, really stoked to talk with him. Guys, if you're enjoying Amigos, head over to iTunes, subscribe, give us a five-star rating, give us a review. Uh, it goes a long way. Tell your friends. Uh, if you got anybody that you think that you know would be interested in the show and any of the shows on the Osiris Network, uh, be sure to share it. We want this thing to grow, and it's only by you that we can do that. So head over and give us a nice review. Uh, only if you mean it, though. Uh, we don't want gratuity. We don't like that shit here at Amigos. But uh, enjoy this interview with Brando, and uh, stay tuned. We got a lot of great stuff up on the horizon. So enjoy. Talk to you soon. Peace. Brando, welcome to Amigos. Thank you so much for taking time to chat with me, bud. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're on uh, you're on Church Street in uh, in my my uh, favorite place on the planet, Burlington, Vermont. And uh, we hear kids nice. running running around out in the back there. <laughs> what the hell's going on? Is there a protest? There's always something happening on Church Street. Yeah, <laughs> protests, music, a street performer, or something. It's a free free champ. The the luck the Lake Champlain monster benefit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dude, fish just announced last uh, yesterday that uh, they're going to be doing four nights in uh, at Madison square garden. And a yeah. couple of weeks ago, I just signed on to be uh, performing at in Burlington, Vermont on New Year's Eve. So it's like, I'm going ah. the opposite. It's fucking ridiculous, man. I'll tell you, it's the one bad thing about doing like stand up as a living is I have to choose between, performing working paying bills and sure. having and having fun you know and not that comedy's a i mean uh, it's a blast and an honor to do and it's great yeah. to be booked but uh son of a bitch you know it's like i every time there's like new year's and halloween i'm kind of like uh should keep these open <laughs> you know but this one well, uh this one got me well uh if i don't make it down to madison square garden You'll I'll hang have with to come me. See yeah, yeah, dude, fantastic. Yeah. We'll go get some uh, incredible breakfast and uh, drink some beers at uh, 
Ake's Place or one of the great bars on Church Street. <laughs> nice. Um, so, dude, it's it's really cool. I've been dying to chat with you. And uh, thanks to everybody at the, the Cash or Trade team um, that kind of helped put this together. I know Taylor was uh, helping kind of uh, put us in contact. We were going to yeah. do this a while ago, and then the unthinkable happened. Uh, curveball. Curveball mm. threw us all a knuckleball. And I, I just wanted, I mean, from your what the hell happened in the cash or trade camp when that went down? Yeah, despair. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was tough. Um, you know, I could say that, you know, not like this has happened before, but you know, for those who drove a long way or flew and, you know, was preparing for the festival, um, that was one thing, but this was the first time that we were had a stationed vendor spot within the festival grounds oh. for the cash or trade tent. Oh, no. And being there for days, we were there on Tuesday setting up and we watched over the next, you know, 48 hours, every single person, every vendor, every artist, yeah. you know, slowly create their space. And um, that was like the most heartbreaking, you know, not only did, you know, where we heard from just like setting up and, you know, and all the anticipation and excitement um, to, uh, you know, to do it, but to watch people like the skinny pancake across the way from us um, was a local Burlington restaurant that got asked to set up and uh, be the restaurant on site. And they were there for weeks building, um, which Fiddlehead Brewery was there and they were serving our cash or trade double IPA. Yeah. Which we were super excited about. Um, and yeah, we worked a bit with Waterwheel Foundation to, um, you know, get our vendor spot. And we were excited about our position on the festival grounds. That giant silver ball that you might have saw pictures of was, you know, like a stone throw away from us. Uh. And um, we were right by the general store. So it was going to be like a real prime spot for visibility and just connection with fans. Um, you know, being a part of cash or trade for so long, there's a lot of friendships that get developed over the internet, whether yeah. it's social media or through cash or trade itself. And um, some of these folks have been my friends for a long, long time, all of our friends. And, um, you know, this was really going to be a moment for everyone to come together yeah, um, so I was feeling the same thing, man. And, and I mean, from the, you know, it was going to be a time for everybody to come together. Uh, you know, I, I, I feel like that was uh, that's kind of the echo. That sentiment has been echoed for everybody that I've talked to about this. And, and uh, you know, I was, uh, you know, I'm new to the Osiris podcast network and, uh, you know, I was doing podcasts in the past and it was going to be a chance to kind of catch up with everybody from our team. And I was, you know, I was expecting to hang with you and Andy Bernstein from headcount. And I had plans to go get some beers and, and, you know, party oh, and a lot of other friends that Sean Lawson from, you know, uh, sip and Lawson's finest. Uh, mm -hmm. he's, he's him and I have become super close friends and, and, I was just so damn excited to shut off the world. I think we all kind of needed it so bad this time around, you know? And mm -hmm. uh, I had a buddy who wasn't going 
uh, text me that was like, uh, curveballs canceled. And I was in line at Walmart buying some last minute bullshit that I didn't even really need. <laughs> and my car was already packed. And I, I thought it was him just breaking my balls because he wasn't going, you know. And yeah. I, I saw that text and then I clicked on the link. And uh, when I saw that it was from my dad works in like water treatment and like water quality. So I know that that's a thing where, you know, when flooding does happen, there's like that sediment and material that builds up in the water. And I, I called him instantly and was like, is it possible that a festival would get canceled because, and, and he was like 100%. And then when I saw it, I just left my cart at checkout, <laughs> just walked out of the store as if someone yeah. just called me and told me that my house caught on fire. And I was just like, fuck this man. I couldn't, I couldn't take it. And, uh, I really felt like we all, uh, I don't know whether it's just the climate going on in the country or whatever, but you know, since Clifford ball for me, like these festivals have always been something where like, we're on another plant. Like they build us a safe town to go hang in, you know? Yeah. And I was so excited to meet new friends like you guys and catch up with old friends. And, uh, yeah. boy, what a real kick in the balls it was for sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, with the, the title of curveball and everything, <laughs> you know, we were like, Oh, it's canceled. I mean, how could we have not been like, no way. I know, dude, right? I think everybody had that. This Is this the joke, man? Is this the fucking yeah. joke? It's just so yeah. weird, man. And then everybody's like, we'll just do, you know, play and stream it. And we'll all, you know, like just sit at home and watch it. And it's like, what the hell do you think that they have? Do you think they have the capability to like just turn that on at any moment? And like, it's just so weird. And, and people were mad and sad and I get it. But I think it was kind of funny to talk to everybody had their little pockets of like local hangouts. You know what I mean? Like some people went up yeah. the road. You went to, uh, did you go check out music nearby? Did you guys end up like hitting the road? We actually, you know, was pretty sad about it and kind of was like, all right, <laughs> we've yeah. been here since Tuesday. Uh, every two hours from noon on each day. So like Wednesday was like, we're going to open at noon. Yeah. The gates are opening at two. Gates are opening at four. And gates aren't six, opening. And I was like, yeah. Well, oh, the gates aren't opening today. We're, we're going to open them tomorrow. Like, okay, cool. Like, uh, same thing again, 12, two, four, six. And then finally the cancellation at that point, it took me about, you know, half an hour, an hour to like, just wrap my head around it. And yeah. then, um, I was there with my wife and my, my little baby, one and a half year old. I brought him to the festival. Aww. So he was going to be raging the cashier trade tent with us all weekend. <laughs> so um, at that point, I was just like, okay, let's, let's, let's call this done. Let's go so home. We, yeah. uh, we wrapped up and we went down, um, grabbed a bite in town. And then the restaurant was afraid to service any water. Oh, or any right, um, right. or any like fountain drinks that used water so <laughs> we were like okay if it's not even safe to be in the town we're like let's get the hell out of here yeah totally dude jeez i didn't yeah, even we, think about that man that's that's yeah, crazy because so we drove like home a, that night yeah um and, and then you know that trickle down effect of of you know with vending and with i mean i heard that skinny pancake story and it's like oh my god that's just ridiculous I'm going to eat yeah. as much as I possibly can when I get up there and support them. But, you know, yeah. now now it's uh, okay. Like the sun has risen. It's a new day. And you're uh, at, at cash or trade. You've got this, you know, 
what do we do? You guys have people probably hitting you up about, you know, refunds and about, you know, all that. I mean, what the hell? Walk us through that. What was that like? Yeah. So, you know, at first we were like, okay, let's, you know, wrap our heads around how this is going to, you know, occur, what the domino effect will be like. Um, Generally, though, uh, you know, as long as users stay true to the plan and um, once they receive their refund, turn and pass the refund on to their buyers, um, everything should go smooth. And obviously, I knew there would be some trouble there, but um, we've had a number of people contact us through our support ticket program and say, hey, like, I haven't heard back from this guy. Can you reach out? Um, So we've done a good amount of reaching back out to people, and I'd say most of them have followed through um, and processed the refunds, which has been nice. Um, It has been a little bit of a process um, because we're using PayPal as a third party. Um, It's, you know, a little bit more logistics involved there, which we've certainly realized that the next step of cash or trade is to integrate the payment platform Mm -hmm. and make it more secure in a way that we have more control over the payments so we could initiate refunds um, more like an Airbnb or Uber type process. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Like a direct to card kind of uh setup. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. We just need more control so we can like not only provide more security, but be able to um, provide like more customer service um, to our yeah. users. So it's been so, uh, good so far and we've been able to communicate and luckily um, the community is so great that, that, people are good to each other. Um, but we are excited and it's, it, it's sort of been like sort of an eye opening experience to, to bring the platform to the next step and, uh, and be able to manage the payment process in house for users. So Brando, you know, the thing that I I mean, I've had nothing but uh, positive, um, experiences using cash or trade. And I want to get into that in a second, but you know, you mentioned in talking about the the curveball, um, you know, experience reaching out to people. And, uh, I'm, I mean the vetting process of going through, um, you know, the rating system and things to that effect, the gold member status and stuff like that. Do you find, um, you know, in your quality control, um, are you finding that, you know, a, a, a large percentage of people that utilize cash or trade are, you know, decent, um, you know, kind of headier people that are that are not trying to screw somebody over, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that I find to be something that, you know, I've even like I was looking at when Curveball got canceled, I was going to last minute make a trip to Dick's. And uh, I, I had an experience that was so funny with a guy on Craigslist because I went through, I was hitting up Cash or Trade like every day, multiple times a day, trying to you know, land any tickets. And then I was going to, if I got one, I was going to get my plane ticket out there. And then mm-hmm. lo and behold, I find out afterwards there were like tickets laying on the ground, which frustrated the hell out of me. But I, I had a, I had a experience that almost kind of like reinforced how great cash or trade is. A guy, uh, was asking me to wire him, uh, $300 for a three day pass. And I feel like anytime it comes to like these, like very, uh, 
round numbers and I've been around enough. I've been around since the point of like you burn the corner of the ticket to see if it's like a fake paper. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember those uh, yeah. those days, but um, just having this experience with this guy and then I'm like, well, you send me the ticket first and then I'll you know forward you this money just to kind of put him on the, the stand. And he's like, uh, yeah, hang on just one quick second. And then he hung up and like, I never heard from him, you know? So obviously he was full of shit, but, um, you know, are, are you, um, do you guys find in, in running a system like this, um, what's your like best practices to make sure that, you know, I know it's kind of like a swim at your own risk type, um, situation, but do you guys like look for anything in particular with users or? Well, generally, you know, we have a, validation process so you know if i could compare it to say airbnb where users create an account and they validate their phone and their email and their address some connect with facebook um they begin to gain friends and reviews from previous transactions right so all of those things as well as uploading photos um all of those things puts a face um, and provides transparency in the marketplace that doesn't really exist on any other ticket site. Um, yeah. Which is what we've been, you know, our goal is, is to bring a face to the sellers um, and the buyers and, and connect people alike. So generally that's, we provide the tools for users to help communicate and to help choose uh, who best to trade with, who they can trust. Yep. Um, you know, we do offer a level of customer service, as I was explaining, by being able to mediate trades. Um, mm-hmm. Often we find that there can be a small misunderstanding, and by a cash or trade admin popping into the discussion can just clarify the situation and get the trade locked up and finalized. Um if in the case it goes further and if somebody pays, uh, we can always help them file a dispute through PayPal for added protection. Yep. Um, but again, we've just, you know, there's only so much that can be done and there's sort of a randomness, uh, towards the process of PayPal and who pays and, um, who can refund. Right. So, you know, we're taking steps to bring the payment process in house and provide more of an escrow type platform where, you know, the seller won't get paid out um, unless, you know, cash or trade does the payout themselves, um, mm-hmm. providing more protection for the user. But uh, circling back to what you were saying, because we provided a platform for real fans. Um, you know, the average person, uh, what we have found, the average person who purchases tickets to a show that they find out they can't attend is excited to just get their money back. Yeah, totally. Pass them along to someone who values the experience as they do. Yeah, uh, I couldn't and, agree. I've been a seller and a buyer on, on cash or trade, and it's uh, it's such a relief that you know it's going to someone who is going to, you know, dig the experience and also you're hooking them up, you know? I mean, I've had day of, I live here in, in New York City and uh, 
you know, Wilco at the Beacon Theater. Uh, at, at last minute, I couldn't go because of uh, comedy. And, you know, I put it up and, and, and you know, uh, minutes later, some guy working a couple blocks from where I was was like, dude, I would love to go to that. Thank you. You know, and it's just okay. so cool to be like, that's the that's what makes the that's one of the benefits of, you know, the Internet making the world such a small place, you know, is being able yeah. to make that quick connection. I mean, there's been great stories of people who, you know, connect over cash or trade and you know, maybe they even meet up to uh, do the final exchange or they touch base uh, like set break and they meet up and have a beer together. Yeah. Um, they're just so appreciative and thankful of getting the trade at face value. Um, I bumped into a couple over New Year's run last year who, um, you know, they ran up to me and gave me a huge hug and, you know, said, we love cash or trade and, they told me that they had actually met. Cash and trade, trade romance? Yeah. No shit. So, <laughs> you know, so they cool. met years ago and made they did, did a couple trades over the years and then they started hanging out and meeting up at shows and uh, then they started dating and they got married. Now they're trading <laughs> DNA and, and <laughs> saliva and pheromones and all types of... There's a lot of sharing going on. Bank account. Good for yep. dude. That's kick ass, man. That just shows, you know. I, I, it's just, it's so fun doing this damn show because, you know, I mean, our, our fucking, our, the scene that we surround ourselves with is just, it's, it's really, fun. it's really like refreshing. You know what I mean? To hear stories like that, because you, you mm-hmm. could see that happening. You could totally see that happening. Sure. You yeah, know? it's great. Um, yeah. You know, and I think, I think that's what you find. It's just it, the platform doesn't, you know, promote profit. So right. You know, it just brings the average person who is feels bad about not being able to go or, you know, is excited to make somebody else happy to take their seats. Um, you know, and I feel like most people out there are like that. And the other people who are looking to profit, well, they were probably looking to profit from the beginning. Or right. The majority of them, you know, mm-hmm. and, and those those people were looking to you know, become businessman and maybe use StubHub or other sites, um, which like, you know, for the average person that becomes difficult too, because you're competing with, you know, thousands of brokers, uh, who, who are, these are not brokers of the day where you used to be standing in line at a brick and mortar box office, and maybe they were in front of you yeah. purchasing the maximum number of tickets, which was like six. Uh, now, today, brokers are highly sophisticated. And they are armed with high-tech hacking programs called scalper bots and using pricing software that scours the internet and helps them find like the highest possible price that they could post their tickets at. Jesus Christ. And overall, we've just found that throughout the industry worldwide, that all secondary ticket sites pretty much operate under the same model. And that's to inflate the market. So, you know, right away they do things like companies have been known to post tickets for high prices before they even go on sale. Yeah, I know. 
Yeah, they're just doing it. So the next guy comes along and says, oh, uh, I, I'm going to try to get that. You know, oh. and then the next guy, oh, I'm going to try to get that. So it's just all about inflating the, the general market and um, getting people to pay the highest price possible. And then just to layer on top of that, fees are upwards of 20 to 25 percent. It's cr- oh, it's that's... it's insane. Yeah. And they often charge both the buyer and the seller. God. Damn. So, you know, there's there's a lot of profits being made off the top, but uh, the brokers themselves, and it just really makes it difficult for the average person to buy or sell a ticket for face value and get their money back, um, and to just uh, you know kind of pass off the experience. So, um, this is all incredibly fascinating and it, and it's you know i remember waiting in line at a filene's at the mall and <laughs> you know to try and get tickets uh pre-internet when you had to go to like the one computer that worked in your state um and now you know what was it just last week we had this uh release on the news about ticketmaster uh you using their own reselling uh software and uh you know the bots that you had mentioned now is that that news story, um, for those that didn't really hear it, can you shed a little light on on what was happening there? So, you know, there's some speculation or some research uh, done that says that Ticketmaster is aiding scalpers in obtaining tickets. Um, you know, they portray to the customer base, uh, you know, a different story quite a bit using yeah. their um you know verified fan program and uh you know it's constantly hearing about steps they are taking to keep uh you know tickets out of the hands of scalpers and to provide them to real fans um yet they do resell tickets on ticketmaster as well now yeah um so they participate in the secondary market as well um I can't, I didn't do the research myself. I can't shed too much light on exactly what that article was talking about, but you know, there was some speculation around whether they're involved in, in helping tickets go to scalpers or not. Um, but that aside, um, you know, scalpers have a lot of ways of obtaining tickets. Um, you know, high level brokers, just are networked, you yeah. know, with the venues often, um, even outside of the ticket companies, like they're, they're networked with the venues too. And, uh, and you know, they have the ability to obtain large swaths of tickets. Um, but you know, there still are a large number of the average fan, you know, obtaining these tickets who find out they can't go as well. So, they say about one third of the marketplace is, is brokers and about two thirds are just the average fan. So wow, one you know, there third. still is. Yeah. Lot, I mean, yeah. there's still a lot of, a lot of extra tickets out there. It's just about, um, you know, us trying to do our best to aggregate them and, and pool them together and, and do what we can to provide transparency and get them back in the hands of real fans. Yeah, totally. And you want to know what's interesting too, when I, when I, uh, I peruse, uh, cash or trade quite a bit and, uh, 
you know, um, Neil Young. Neil Young is playing uh, the next two nights at uh, the Cap in uh, Portchester, and th- this was a ticket that was released through like Neil's fan set. I arrived too late, and I have stand up shows, so I can't go. But I was just looking just to see. Um, you know, and these tickets were already upwards to like 200 bucks, I think face value two thirty something. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's very interesting to kind of like see the diverse artists that people are posting on cash or trade. Now it's not just jam bands. It's not just fish. It's not just dead and co or biscuits or whatever. It's more of, you know, I've seen country on there. I've seen oh, yeah. a lot of different things, and that's really incredible to see the growth, uh, you know, uh, transcending genres, you know? Yeah, there's roughly 3,000 artists have been posted. Shit, man, on that's great. Trade. Um, you know, we've even had sports tickets, uh, Disney on Ice, WWF. Um, we've had different tickets like that as well, um, even though we don't have the categories for them yet. Um, we do have a plan to uh, scale towards sports and comedy and theater uh, in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, we're mostly focused on music and festivals. And um, yeah, we're happy to see it's expanded beyond just the jam community. I think we've also realized that you know music lovers are music lovers. Right. And they need, they get their fix, you know? So, um, sure. There's people who just love one artist, but, um, they also just love to go see, you know, different artists whenever they come around. Um, so it's been really refreshing to see the different genres. Um, yeah, we're, we're excited to break out into more genres as we go. Now, now let's, let's, you know, I want to hit that for a moment. Let's take a step back, you know, like the advent, the beginning of cash or trade for those who may not know the, the, the story. Um, how did it all begin? And, uh, you know, what was the, um, were you, where have you been at with cash or trade from the, from the moment of inception? Yeah. My brother and I are the founders. Yep. Uh, so let's see, 2009, um, you know, fish, went on hiatus in 2004. Yep. So for those five years, we were kind of mellow, a little bit more in Vermont, seeing local music. Um, And then when Fish came back, we went to go buy tickets to the Hampton shows. And uh, they were sold out immediately, of course. Yeah. Uh, But what was a bigger smack in the face is that they were listed on these secondary sites for upwards of $2,000 a piece. I remember it well. So we were like, what the hell has happened here? <laughs> and we started being web designers and all. We, we started just, you know, analyzing the industry and what occurred. And we remembered being in our web design office at the time when, when StubHub was created in 2004. And, um, you know, prior to that, that whole time we started seeing fish and going to see live music, uh, the Grateful Dead in 1993. Yeah. So all those years, it was very much, um, either entering into a mail order lottery system Mm -hmm. where you had to have their newsletter Yep. and had to fill out the money order 
just right. And design your envelope to stand out. Yep, design your envelope or your three by five card. Yeah. Um, and get picked. Or you stood in line when they went on sale at a brick and mortar box office. Um, or maybe you stayed at home and tried to get through on the phone lines. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the way it was all the way up until fish stopped playing. And then, you know, that chunk of five years went by. And then when we came back, where it was just what had changed was that everything was online yeah that's true that yeah that that lines up perfect the the internet really kind of soared to newer heights during that hiatus for sure social media became a thing yeah good point so you know it was was interesting to have like that lull of of them being on hiatus and then for us to really get back into the full music swing and notice how the industry had changed and that the internet was like a major factor in it yeah and um and we were like this this is not right uh and you know we were at our parents house in florida on vacation for a week and um and we sat down each night and we said let's let's do something so uh my brother dusty and i um built this site over the week and we launched it that weekend um this was february of 2009 um and, uh, you know, around the Hampton shows, um, and back then it was cash or trade for your extra. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, .com, a uh, little long, but <laughs> hey, that's, that's what, what everyone we says to... <laughs> outside yeah. the venue. Yeah, it's absolutely right. So, um, so yeah, it went really well around the Hampton shows. We had a lot of members sign up, but then mostly we hopped on tour uh, that summer and we went to every show and we set up the cash or trade, um, trading tent with just easy up. We set up a banner and we hung up a bulletin board as our low tech version, which we still do today. That's so cool. um, Yeah, it was awesome. Um, we found that people were signing up on the site and then they were trading and then planning to meet up at the tent. And, uh, so people would show up, um, other people would post, um, you know, trades on slips of paper, um, yeah. right on the bulletin board and, um, people would call each other and meet up at the tent to provide a safe place for people to trade and, um, make friends and that's, that's it was super ass, successful. Man. And by the end of the summer, we had over 5,000 users. Shit. And you know what that is, too, is that's the two of you going like when you have an idea that, you know, right off the bat, the light, the light bulb goes on and you're like, we need this. Like, this is something that I would use if if I didn't create it. Like, that's the moment that you guys are like, it has to be done. Yeah, I mean, I think we were really, you know, we were giving a shot at something, an idea that we thought would help people. And it did help. But even more, just the support the tremendous support that came out of people was was so great, um, and everyone was just like, "I love this idea." Um, you know, thank you for what you do. And having been web designers for so long, like seventeen years or so, um, you know, I very rarely had people clients come up to me and give me a hug and thank me for my website. <laughs> I know, right? Especially yeah, for a website. That's funny. Um, You're like, "Thank you, bike but, shop. I don't need a hug." Yeah. 
but doing cash or trade, uh, you know, people are super psyched about it and willing to help and yeah. contribute and to spread the word. Um, you know, so now, you know, it's grown and, you know, last month we had 5,000 people sign up just last month. Shit. Oh, wow, man. That's amazing. So what are you, where are you at right now? What's the, the user, uh, total? Uh, I think we're somewhere in the range of 157,000 today. Holy shit. Congratulations. And yeah, thank you. I mean, it's, I remember the first trade I did, uh, was at Great Woods and, um, I was a little bit weirded out in the sense of, I don't trust anyone ever. (laughs) I don't know. I've been, I've been duped too many times and it was like kind of a, you know, we got in touch and we were, you know, back and forth, meet me at, you know, the, the flagpoles in front of the main entrance and, you know, you're kind of looking around and you're like, all right, is this real? And you know, like I was trading night one for night two and, and it happened and it was nice and smooth. Meanwhile, a buddy of mine that I went with was on some weird escapade to try to find the StubHub guy that was like set up in a hotel and it was all weird. And you know, this was just something that was like, yeah, this is kind of the way that this all should be, you know, and it's the digital, it's the virtual finger in the air, really. And, and, and that's just such it's such an incredible easy way to do things now how big is is the team i know it started with you and your brother where, where is the 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 cash or trade team now size wise well we've hired a few developers um we recently had uh, a couple advisors and investors come on board and we're we're setting a new plan for 2019 and beyond we realize that cash or trade has done uh, a good job, um, you know, helping support fans and it's time we take the next step with it. And that being said, the, the payment platform, as well as a number of features too, uh, you know, we realize a lot of people trade amongst friends and we really want to build the social aspect and the social yeah. components around cash or trade. Uh, you know, I often say to people that, you know, I talked to my sister and she told me what tickets she has and um, what shows she's going to go to. And, but I forget, you know. Yeah, and totally. Forget, like, you know, and her, oh, but her friend needs these tickets. And, you know, it can be a lot to remember and manage. And so we have plans to, um, you know, just kind of help pull that together for people and um, and help friends score tickets amongst each other. Yeah. I had I had an, a personal uh, experience on Cash or Trade recently. I got booked to this is hilarious with comedy and fish always butting heads, uh, but this time's a little weird. I got booked to do uh, so Halloween October thirty first to November fourth. I'll be performing at the Rio in Vegas at the Comedy nice. Cellar. So uh, I the 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 booker of the room sent me an email about a month or two ago and was like, Hey, are you available on Halloween week to go to Vegas? And I was like, Holy shit. Yeah, totally. You know? And I have to make this decision. Like, do I really want to try to, my shows are at seven o'clock and nine o'clock. So I'm going to have to, you know, catch the second set, maybe all of it, maybe miss the Mm -hmm. opener. At least on Halloween, I could catch, you know, probably one and a half sets, but, um, I I decided, you know what, like I have to go. I can't not go, you know. Uh, so I posted on Cash or Trade, didn't hear anything. 
I went to the Facebook cash or trade page and I posted, uh, Hey, I'm looking for a four day pass. And like within, within minutes I had hits. So it's interesting, you know, you've got a couple of different avenues right now. You've got the social media page, you've got the Facebook, and, and then you also have the, uh, the, pay, the, the site itself, you know, the app. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. it's, it's interesting that one may work faster than the other. I mean, randomly, so, you never know. Yeah, so we've been, you know, sort of building the exposure algorithm. The, the concept is that if people post to Cash or Trade first, the website, Mm-hmm. Um, and or the app, uh, they get the post out there. It's available to the largest number of fans in one shot. Uh, those who are gold members who have set up alerts um, automatically get notified when what they are looking for is posted. So then alerts go out. Nice. Um, and then we encourage people because we have a social presence to uh, click the share link and take that link and bring it to either one of the Facebook groups or the uh, cash trade page Mm -hmm. um, or Twitter uh, and post it there. Um, We actually uh, have a Facebook app that does a lot of that posting for you automatically. Oh, cool. Where, where uh, as Facebook was just under the gun with all their privacy things, they locked up all their apps, but were uh, being approved in their review process to get that back up and running again. But that's super successful to just go to cashertrade.org, make a post, and know that like not only are alerts going to go out to users, but that link will also automatically be posted to Twitter and Facebook as well as, you know, not just in one Facebook spot, but we have Facebook groups for every state in the nation. Oh, wow. Okay. As well as for some of the large bands. So in one shot, um, a link could end up on six different social media groups or accounts. Um, so it helps give a lot of exposure. Um, yeah. And then, and then if you do take the link and share it to your own, Facebook wall or something. Um, we encourage that so people could still use the platform to organize their trades, uh, process the trade effectively on a platform um, where there is some mediation and a payment process, um, but mostly so you can gain credibility and get a review when yes. you're done. Yeah. Um, you know, the more reviews you have, the easier it becomes to score hard to get face value tickets. So we're really kind of putting our hands out there and saying like, we want to build credibility within a ticket community that is off, you know, has previously been thought to be fraudulent or, you know, disconnected. And we're trying to pull people together and say, no, th- there is trust here. Yeah, totally. And and look, you know. Yeah. You know what the thing is, too, is I think I might be the perfect example of like a technological idiot that doesn't know that, you know, like when I download an app, it always says, like, would you like to allow notifications? Would you like to use your current location? I'm the one that's like, no, you know, the government's (laughs) watching (laughs) like I'm doing anything like, you know, 
that I need to be worried about. Yeah. But it's still that kind of like, you know, I don't I don't utilize the uh, tools to their utmost effect. You know, I tend to be yeah, someone. Who I mean, will... I think a lot of people do that. Um, I think when it gets to the point, though, where where you are like really wanting that ticket or something, then or yeah, you, then it changes. Yeah. Or you do engage in communication with somebody, then it only helps to have your notifications turned on. So you can keep up with the conversation and really get the trade done as quickly as possible and more efficiently. Do you find any of the, uh, you know, the big evil empires in the ticket world, the stub hubs, the, the, uh, ticket masters, things like that. Are you, uh, do you ever get any pressure or any type of like, do they know you guys exist? I imagine they do. We've been around long enough, almost 10 years now. Yeah. Um, that, uh, I think so. Um, we are a face value marketplace though. And I don't know if there's a lot of attention for them to, you know, care much about that space, yeah. you know, because generally the secondary market is, uh, above face. Right. So no, I know. I just I feel like, is it more, is it more tickets that, you know, if I put myself in the shoes of StubHub and I see this fair market ticket site, you know, those are tickets that I could be selling on my site that could be making, you know, us more. Um, but, you know, it's... Sure, it's, but I think they make the most of their money. Like scalpers usually buy up a lot of tickets, right? They'll obtain thousands of tickets within the first two minutes that an event goes on sale. And they make their most money off the highest price tickets, you know, the best seats. Right. So they sometimes or often are left trying to dump or get rid of what's left over. Um, yeah. Often they sometimes don't even get the chance to sell them some of those, you know, higher level seats. So they're okay with it because they already made most of their money off of the best seats. And then this hurts venues. These venues often end up with empty seats yeah. because of this practice. There's There's been cases where numbers of shows are completely sold out, but there's empty seats all over the place. And, uh, you know, it frustrates uh, venue owners as well as the fans and the artists because they're not gaining from this upsale in ticket price. Right. Of course. Yeah. Um, that, that, then that, that cuts into their vending, uh, you know, spend and that cuts into merch that cuts into tons and tons of, you know, the trickle down on, on making anything. Those are less t-shirts yeah. that are bought. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, we hope to just build, on networks and partnerships with the primary ticket companies um, the best we can. Um, we would like to work with them more and more to help provide uh, you know, people on cash or trade and in the secondary market with valid, um, valid tickets uh, at a fair price. Yeah. Have you had any interaction with uh, many of the bands? Um, have you gotten to know any of the, you know, yeah, you're up in you're up in uh, Gamehenge up there. So, did you get to know the, 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 our four our four guys? Uh, yeah, I mean, we know each other. Nice. Um, 
I think we've probably talked more with uh, Water Wheel Foundation about uh, ways in which we could uh, possibly, you know, partner or, or do things together um, to help fans. Um, you know, it, it's a tricky it's a tricky switch because the venues are large and they have contracts with some large companies. Yeah. Um, but we do think that there's area for us to you know, provide a, a select group of tickets to, um, you know, to more of the fan community. That would and, be killer. Yeah. That being said, I just like to throw out there that the Baker's dozen, um, fish did 13 nights at Madison square garden last summer. For those who don't know, if you don't know what that um, is, stop listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I'm uh, cash or trade processed twenty five percent of all the seats in that venue for every single night. No shit, really? Of the Baker's dozen. Wow, yeah. that's incredible. Yeah, I could see the larger amount of shows. The more someone is gonna, because we are binge. Like even like I had a I had a an inkling to just try to get New Year's tickets yesterday even though I know I'm going to be out of town and I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Why would I even, you know, like just in case the comedy show gets canceled, which it mm -hmm. won't, but it's, uh, you know, I, I kind of have, we have this thing of the minute Baker's dozen was released. I went through this whole like internal, like shit, 13 shows. Like, and I live right around the corner and I can go to probably eight, whatever, but you know what? Ah, screw it. I'm gonna sh I'm gonna shoot for all of them, you know. And I end up trying a mail order for like, and then what's it like three thousand dollars or whatever it turned out being, or you know. And then yeah. you get them, you realize you can't go. Of course, you got to get rid of them, and you don't want to go stand outside at you know in July or August heat. So yeah, yeah man, it's from a use. Wow, one quarter of the tickets. That's incredible. Yeah, it was it was amazing for months and months. There was really everything from floor seats, just all sorts of tickets. Um, wow. And I just think, I don't know, there was just so many shows that some people on the West Coast didn't think they would be able right. to make it out. But, you know, it really tightened up within that last week. Mm -hmm. Of course, they were just killing it. Yeah. And everybody wanted to come out and catch that last weekend. Um, but we were fortunate that for, like I was saying, for months, there was pretty much like anything you wanted, you know, with a little bit of posting and effort, you could pretty much get it. Um, so, yeah, like 25 percent processed through the site. And that's that's people selling tickets, but it's also people trading. So, yeah, you know, we'd like to think that it, looking out into the crowd from uh, Madison Club, where I often like to go behind the stage. Totally, dude. Me too, man. I love it back there. Those are the you best know, seats. Just looking out, and I remember saying to myself, like, wow, like 5,000 of these people are, are sitting in that seat because of Cash Trade right now. Must have been a and great feeling. Like, it really was. It was like the best feeling yet. Oh, that's so cool, man. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so grateful for what you guys do. And, you know, hopefully, you know, the bands can, you know, I mean, you look at a band like Fish or, or Pearl Jam or you know, some of these bands that have this incredible following that, I mean, they could sell out of, uh, you know, a garden or a, the O2 arena in England if they wanted all through, you know, mail order and all through, you know, like independent, like fair trade, like kind of, you know, sites like, like yourself, you know, I'd love to see that, 
you know, this process change and see Ticketmaster's just wiped out. It's incredible the bullshit charges and the, you know, what they do. And from a fan perspective, I mean, you must be, you know, thrilled to be able to to offer this up to your friends, you know? You really are taking care of the community, and that's kick-ass. Everybody probably wants to buy you a beer or, or, or you know, pass you a joint when they see you in the crowd, huh? You're the well, hero. I get a little bit of that, which is nice. <laughs> we, we appreciate hearing the stories most of all. Yeah. Uh, so does your work let you go to bunch a bunch of shows? Are you still feet on the on the street or are you kind of locked behind, uh, you know, zeros and ones and codes? Uh, do you get to still see as many shows as you'd like or more? Well, it's it, it's tough. I mean, now you got a baby, it's, too. It, yeah. Well, the baby definitely <laughs> changes things for sure. Yeah. Little Leo. Uh, Leo. We can't go to as many shows as we wanted to. Yep. Play at Leo. That's awesome. But, um, uh, but no, I mean, you know, cash or trade and some of these big events, you know, we're, we're plugged in, you know, yeah. we're, we're on it. And, uh, if, even if I'm at an event, it's, it's hard to really have a moment to just, just be able to fully enjoy it without work. I'm always, you know, in some ways it's bittersweet because I've turned something I love so much <laughs> into something that's become a job. So yeah, uh, it can often become a lot of work, just like helping people tie up loose ends or making sure that the servers are up and running, um, you know, because some of these shows are getting like massive amounts of traffic, um, you know, traffic yeah. spikes even. So uh, um, it, it could be a juggle. Yeah, absolutely. Uh what do you what are your thoughts on uh let's let's stop talking business for a couple minutes we have a few minutes here left uh how um when did you uh when did you start seeing shows um you know you're so 1993 um gosh how did it start uh i think i you know i saw Lollapalooza. uh i might have been 14 uh-huh um horror tour um things were rough at home we were doing a lot of partying and lived in a small town and the cops knew our name <laughs> yeah, so i hear you bro. we were in the police station almost every weekend and uh things were rough in, did you grow up in vermont uh southern new hampshire oh all right right on yeah i grew up in uh connecticut so i feel like we probably all kind of had that dazed and confused kind of upbringing dragging kegs oh, yeah. in the woods and uh Sneaking into places my, with fake my high IDs. School was, yeah, my <laughs> high school was very similar. <laughs> nice, dude. Oh, uh, so speaking cool. of which, it's like 25 years since Days and Confused was launched. Wow, really? We based yeah. our whole existence off that movie, dude. Like we would, <laughs> God, it was so fun. We created a, a moon tower, essentially. We we had a yeah. couple of mountains in our town that we would uh, drag kegs up there and uh, shit. God, what a fun, right. you know? That's how it was. Growing up pre pre internet, pre social media. I mean, man, yeah. it was fun. You could lie to your parents and not get caught. You know? Yeah. We actually, you know, were sort of in a situation we ended up sort of running away from home to go see the Grateful Dead. They were playing in Boston for six nights, the Boston Garden. And uh we couldn't miss it. So we went down, 
and just kind of hopped out into the street and um wow that was that was an experience like no other yeah <laughs> there is absolutely nothing like the lot of a grateful dead show yeah 93 uh, too you know there was and i mean you know you think the city it like didn't matter if it was city or not just like the Hare krishnas were dancing down the streets and there were drum circles and sage being burned and uh, you know, we just stumbled out on the streets and we didn't have a ticket and, uh, we ended up finding one and, um, maybe some mushrooms too, and ended up finding <laughs> ourselves in our first dead show. How old? Uh, we, uh, I was 14 at the time. Okay. Um, ended up sleeping under a bridge that night in downtown oh. Boston. You dove in head first. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then we went home and kind of ironed things out with the folks, I believe. And um, it just so happened that, you know, it was such an amazing experience that we were able to go back down and catch one of the last nights before they finished that, that six night run wow. at the garden. Um, so that was kind of it, man. That, that, that turned us on. Um, and we also, uh, we also caught fish uh, at UNH Fieldhouse in Durham. Um, ninety three, yep. so uh, five five eight ninety three. Okay. Uh, look at that set list. An amazing show. Yeah, I'm um, writing it down right now. Yeah, really, it's still a good listen today. Um, and you know, we didn't really know what we were getting into. I started listening to Fish, but you know, I was listening to Rift a little bit and Lawn Boy. Um, and then just to follow follow it up uh new year's 93 at worcester oh, centrum you know that's the first that's the first uh tape that's the first fish i ever heard uh a buddy of mine i traded uh an italian class in 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 high school uh we traded dead tapes and he goes you ever heard of fish and i said no and he gave me new year's 93 and that was it i was jumping up and down on my bed listening to reba and Susie yeah. Greenberg, I mean, I mean, like that whole, that down with disease jam, it, the one that kind of, you know, the yes. first ever. Oh, God, yes. the energy on those tapes. So glad you just said that. <laughs> uh, a lot of people don't realize that like Fish hadn't gone national yet with any album. And right. uh, Hoist was coming out in 94 that summer. So it was going to be their first national album with down with disease, but nobody had heard down with disease yet. Yeah, and uh, right after All Lang Syne on New Year's, God, I'm they, getting uh, chills right broke now. Broke into that jam, yeah, and yeah, that was. I mean, that was it for me, man. And to this day, you know, a lot of people have lots of opinions on the best show, but that was the New Year's '93. Ah, uh, dude, that's I go back. It, you know, I just I just downloaded that uh, '73 '74 Pacific Northwest Grateful Dead uh, box set that just came out. And it's like mm. it ate up all the memory on my phone and I had to delete like tons and tons of shows. And uh, one show that I refuse to ever, well, Clifford Ball, I don't delete. Island mm -hmm. Tour, I keep all the time. And New Year's 93. Mm. If I have to, like it, it, it is, it, it's the most important moment in Fish that for me just because it's the thing that literally the switch was flipped right away when I heard New Year's 93. Dude, that's so fucking cool that that's what did it for you too. I love that yeah. so much because that's that's the thing. You know, uh, I, you you have a couple years on me. Um, I swiped my mom's credit card and ordered tickets to Boston '95, September '95. They were supposed to 
play and I got caught. She, you know, the tickets came in the mail and uh, she screamed at me and I said, here's the cash. My uncle already said he was going to bring me and my friends. So she said, okay, I'm going to let you go. My room was ceiling to floor, wall to wall covered with Jerry Garcia, everything. And uh, he died in August and I never got a chance to see them. And uh, New Haven 12295 was my first fish show. And uh, there was a fat in there. There was a, uh, I mean, a real strange Prince Caspian opened the show, but it was still, it was right around that just like real juicy, like, you know, Billy Breathes era, pre Clifford Ball, like, you know, but it was just uh, the moment. I, I always try to explain this to, to people who have never, when you're, when you're a kid, I was 15 years old, you know, that millisecond, right? I mean, I'm talking like the, the, macrosecond right before the lights go down the crowd kind of somehow knows it and you can hear all the conversations stop and then everybody just goes from like a you know low level conversation to just that that roar and the lights go down when you're a kid it's almost like you get like tossed into space you know and it's just Mm -hmm. such a nothing that's the thing i always craved you know was that just being there for those you know, just it, it, we're all here. We're all in this, you know, little coliseum in Connecticut, and it just it tra- it just changed everything. So, I'm yeah, everybody's so, feeling the same thing. Yeah, that's why I'm so excited for this fall tour. I'm excited to go back to Albany, and I'm a I'm a fall tour guy. You know, you're gonna be in Albany. You're gonna be at the shows. Yeah, yep, we will be right. there. The well, Knickerbocker. Let, let me buy you a beer at the uh, at the Knickerbocker. Brando, thank you so much for for taking time and uh, chatting. Uh, just if you could, can you let everybody out there know where they could find, uh, you know, all things, uh, cash or trade if they're looking? Yes. Cash is our website. You can download the app for Apple and, um, Android. Um, you can visit us on facebook.com slash cash or trade. Same thing on Twitter and same thing on Instagram, uh, awesome. slash cash or trade. Come see us, uh, join our groups, join the app, make some friends, trade some face value tickets. Awesome. The face. Thank you so much for uh, everything that you do here, bud. And it's a pleasure to, to talk with you. And I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Honored to be on your show, Mike. Thank uh, you. Thank you, brother. Have a great day. You too.